Good evening. Thank you all for joining us this week on the Expressions Podcast. I don't even know where to start about how much I've been looking forward to tonight's show. Uh, ever since I saw this gentleman work, I knew I had to have a longer conversation with him. And tonight is finally the night. Welcome, mind reader, mentalist, magician, collector, wrestling manager, which I have to talk to you more about, um, and overall creative guy. Uh, Chris Mysterian is here with us. Chris. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me on the show today. Ah, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Um, before we get into all the amazing things that you do, I just want to say quickly hi to Sean, Mark, and Aurora. Uh, do any of you guys have anything cool that you want to talk about this week, or should we get right into talking to Chris? I think we should just get right into it from, from me. I, I just worked, so nothing exciting there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been working. I had a shoot today. <clears throat> I mean, I'm super excited for this conversation, so... Nice. Yeah. And I do have to apologize to Sean because uh, in the last episode, we kind of fired him and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then fired him because it was April Fool's show. So well, we it, just... was, it was the network, really. It wasn't us. It was... <laughs> <laughs> Some guy Not at all. The tower. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's get into this. <laughs> Mr. Mysterion, Chris. That's doctor. Yeah. Doctor. Dr. Mysterion. Um I I'm so excited that you're here. I mean, the things that you're able to do uh, are, like I said earlier, they're baffling to me. Uh, I can't quite grasp it. And I'm a very logic minded person. I'm a very, I'm a skeptic. I'm, I'm, if it doesn't make sense, Aurora, and you guys know this about me. It's like, if it doesn't make sense logically, I just, I can't get it. You must run into people all the time who are, are kind of like that. They just, they're, they're baffled. They're confused. What's that like for you? Well, first of all, I'm not trying to really fool anybody or pull the wool over anyone's eyes. My job is to create a world of mystery and a world where uh, everything is impossible. Uh, it becomes possible. I used to watch a gentleman growing up named the Amazing Kreskin. I don't know if you remember him or not, but he was mm -hmm. on television back in the day, still with us, still performing, still touring. And he would do things on TV that made me feel the way that you just described how you feel watching me. So I had to know how this was done. Um, so I started uh, dabbling in it as a hobby. Of course, back in the, uh, in the eighties, there was no internet. So there was the library and there was the magic shop, but it was a, a very uh, guarded community. And I slowly started to uh, learn the trade and sort of come at it from a, uh, creative point of view, unlike the traditional magician or mentalist would, I was incredibly um, uh, influenced by things like In Search Of or Twilight Zone or That's Incredible or Unsolved Mysteries or any of these shows. And so I sort of took that approach to it where it's not I'm a mind reader or I'm a magician. I'm a presenter of the unusual or a presenter of the supernatural. I will find whatever it is that uh, we are looking at whether it be something like Bigfoot or, you know, uh, haunted houses, whatever the case might be. And I'm going to not only try to figure it out, but then I'm going to utilize whatever knowledge I've found to recreate it. So I find a lot of people will come at me and say, you know, how did you do that? And I don't think they're asking, how did you do that? I think they're asking, um, I don't understand how that was done. Um, I'm confused. I'm, uh, you, you've, you've really, you've really kind of put a spin on my, on my perception. Uh, that's generally how people respond to it or they just basically, you know, 
throw a burning cross at me or something. <laughs> I have a spike through my heart, you know, who knows? Uh, but, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a fun field and it's sort of one of those areas where I kind of can control what I present to the public. One year it might be a little bit more pseudoscience. One year it might be a two-person show with Steffi K as the sentimentalists where there's a second mentalist who have their eyes closed and I walk up to somebody and they give me their credit card and she tells you the numbers on the card. Uh, it could be something like I'm doing a curation of the odd or the unusual. I travel around the world and I uh, find unusual artifacts and I bring them home into my museum. And then I travel to places like Coney Island, for example, where there's this museum of oddities and um, kind of study that sort of uh, uh, a field also. So it kind of really just depends on, on how I feel and, and what I feel like putting out there. I'm going to bring everybody back to the first time that I met you. Okay. It was at the CNE in Toronto and you and Steffi, the sentimentalists were performing. And this is the first time I'd heard of it. This is the first time I'd ever seen anything like it. And again, I'm, I'm a skeptic. So my wife and I are standing in the back. We're kind of watching your performance and you guys finish up and you're, you're talking to a few people on the sidelines afterwards. She's on one side of the stage and you're on the other closer to Shelly and I. And the whole time Shelly's like, I hope they talk to me. I hope they talk to me. I just, I hope they talk to me and you finished your set and, and didn't get to talk to Shelly. So I walked up and I said, Hey, uh, loved your set. Would you mind? Like Shelly was kind of hoping that you would call on her and you're like, Oh, absolutely. And immediately you welcomed her into that. Um, and you, you called Steffi from across the stage. And I, I honestly, I can't remember exactly. I'm not, a, I can't remember things. I remember feelings. I remember emotions. I think we had her think of the name of a celebrity. And then Steffi said the name of the celebrity. There was that. But then she also picked a mouse. She said, you're, you're holding something. Shelly had her hand in her purse. And that it was, was a little, mouse. A little toy mouse of some kind. Exactly. I remember um, that. I remember that, actually, yeah. And it was important because that's the mouse that our cat used to play with, who had just passed away just before mm -hmm. then. And Steffi picked up on it, and it, it hit the nail on the head. And immediately, I mean, the waterworks, Shelly started to cry. She was very yeah. emotional about that. Um, and as a skeptic, being there in the moment and, you know, witnessing it there without my scattered memory, you know, piecing things together over the years, um, I was just... I was just shocked. It was it was legitimate. As I'm a skeptic as... too. I I look at people that claim they can read minds and speak to the dead, and I look at them like they're nuts. And I, you know, everyone can do what I do. Um, let me give you an example. So uh, there's three other people here on the panel, and Sean, we've never discussed this in advance. Is that correct? Yeah. Mark, no. Aurora, no, we've never, never discussed you know. anything, right? <clears throat> I'm going to, uh, I'm going to try something here. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb. Okay. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to think of a three digit number. Now I got to figure out the order I want to do this in. Let's start with you, Sean. What, what is the first digit in the sequence of the three digit number? What do you feel I'm sending to you? Say it out loud. Uh, three. A three. And what about you, Mark? Seven. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. And Aurora? Uh, four. You were going to go with another seven and then change your mind. Am I right? 
I was going to go with eight, and I changed oh, so my mind. Eight. Well, 374, which is exactly what I'd written on the chalkboard. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and you were sensing those numbers uh, as I was sending them. It's, it's funny because I was going to say nine. I had it in my head. I was going to say nine. <laughs> and then you just popped over to the other number. I, 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 if you asked me to pick a number between one and ten, I would have never picked seven. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I asked if you were sure because I knew yeah. you were having a little bit of hesitation with yeah. that. But you always stick with what you do. So everyone can do what I do. I just really made things more complicated, didn't I? Uh <laughs> no, I think it's great. Uh, I was watching cool. – um, I think it was actually on um, – you were explaining the whole difference between uh, sleight of hand and sleight of mind, and and yeah. magicians use sleight of hand, and mentalists use sleight of mind. Yeah. So that's why you say it's something anybody can do because you can train yourself and you can learn techniques and you can learn cues and so on and so forth. You're just really freaking good at it because. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't say because you are really freaking good at it. <laughs> it's awesome. Thank you. Uh, you know, it, it, it brings me uh, it brings me great joy to be able to mess with people's heads. I mean, I'm kind of a, in a way, I'm kind of a, a beloved bad guy because people love to hate me because they can't figure it out. <laughs> yeah, but that's part of the, the entertainment factor. If like if if everyone's like, oh, I know how he did that. It's he did this and it, it, it's yeah. it takes the mystery out of it. It takes the Really, it takes the fun. It takes the entertainment and, and the enjoyment out of it if you know how it's done, right? It, it's, you know, I perform at the Magic Castle in Hollywood. It's um, the sort of mecca for, for a magic venue. It's a private club in Hollywood. And members include uh, Dick Van Dyke and people like Neil Patrick Harris were on the board. And famous magicians perform there every night. Uh, and I'm uh, Steffi and I are actually there in April. We're doing a week uh, in April. Um, and I'll watch other mentalists and it's unfortunate sometimes because I'll just sit there and go, Oh, that's cool. Oh, I got it. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I figured it out. And afterwards I'm looking at everyone going, and I'm going, <laughs> I like to suit. <laughs> you know, I don't want to know, but I've learned so much. You kind of, I live sure. behind, the, behind the curtain. And so it's very rare that someone will do something where I'm going, okay, I got to know how that was done, you know, I'm, or I have no idea how that was done. And there's been a few times, but I it, love that. I equate that to our world of photography because we can look at a photo and, and kind of guess how it was made. You know what I mean? Um, kind of say, oh, it's a slow shutter speed or it's this or it's that. You can kind of piece things together based on experience. And that's really what you're talking about is you've yeah. got all this experience in that field. Um, yeah, it would be disappointing sometimes, I guess. Have you ever been fooled? A hundred times. I mean, so many times people have done things for me where I've had no clue how they're doing it. More, more in the world of sleight of hand or in visual magic where I'm looking at something and going, okay, now that was just too good. I was just at the Magic Castle about uh, two weeks ago in LA. I'm actually going back in a week. Um, and there was a young kid, not a kid, a 21-year-old guy, who was doing coin manipulations. And this guy was doing them so well, I really had no clue what he was doing. He was as clear as... I could see it right in front of him. He had a, a silver dollar, put it on the table, placed his hand over the silver dollar, 
and I'm looking at both hands. I know what to look for. I see his other hand empty, go down, and he lifts them, and they've swapped places. And his sleight of hand was so good, I couldn't see how he was doing the moves. I'm familiar with some of the moves that would happen in that type of magic. It's not that I do that kind of magic, but I've been around it enough that I can have an idea. This guy was so good, I couldn't even wrap my head around how it was being done. And I didn't want to know. I wanted to leave it at that because it was just, it was it was what it is. It was magic. Right. And I think that that's important to keep that sort of um, alive if you're in the industry, if you want to uh, learn it by all means. But I think that there should be a little bit of uh, mystique still there. Absolutely, yeah. Um, of, it reminds me though of, of Penn and Teller Fool Us. I mean, yeah. you were on Penn and Teller Fool Us yeah. and you got one over on them. Um, how did, was that? Yeah. Uh, that was pretty weird. Um, a lot of people asked me about that appearance and it's kind of like a big blur to me because it was just so much going on that afternoon. You know, you sort of go in, you don't know when you're going on. You've already done your rehearsal. They already know what you're going to do. And the, um, the, um, uh, the, the committee or the, the not the judges, the, um, uh, what do you call them? The uh, production production know how it is. The trick is done. They have to know because a lot of people can become argumentative with Penn and Teller. So you give the secret away to production and then you go on when they call you from holding and you don't know when you're going on. So you're down there sort of worried and, you know, eating craft services and all of a sudden you're up and it moves so quickly. You go out, you do your spot you're there for maybe a total of 10 minutes and then you're whisked back into the green room and that whole moment, like I could watch that on the television and I can only remember m vague moments of it um, because it just was so thrilling and terrifying and exciting all rolled into one. And you'll notice that when Penn and Teller say, you know, you fooled us, I actually look at Teller and go, really? Yeah. Because to me, I'm going, there's no way that that just, and then I'm thinking to myself, yeah, it actually did because what we did, no one else on the planet does. The way that we created that act, uh, Steffi and I came up with something that nobody on the planet does the way we do. So of course, there's no way they're going to have any knowledge of it. They might have an idea, but they were really um, uh, shocked that they, they, they couldn't figure it out. Um, and without giving away how it was done, it was almost obvious, but in a very uh, unorthodox way. So even afterwards, uh, we had gone back and we performed with Teller uh, at the Rio. We went back mm -hmm. maybe three or four months later. And afterwards, we hung out with them in the green room. And we told them, of course, they knew how it was done. And we kept doing things and doing them. And, and they just looked at me and, and one of them said, I, even knowing how it was done, I, this is just impossibly invisible and great. And that was a big compliment that told us that we we were able to create something and, and, and sort of contribute, even if we're not publishing it, contribute to magic in some way. Absolutely. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, hey, hold on. <clears throat> there's the trophy oh nice there it is wow oh, so that's cool. what you get you get the fu i love yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the lanyard and then oh, nice and then people who watch the show 
they were brought in from the casino. Uh, you never really knew who was going to be in your audience because it was just really a, a game of randomness. So I went up to somebody afterwards. There were people in the casino afterwards. Oh, my God, you guys did amazing. And I said to somebody, do you have a ticket? And somebody gave me their ticket. So I actually have the ticket for the event itself stuck to the bottom. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Nice. So uh, on well, the bottom of the uh, cabinet yeah. where this sits. Yeah. I have the other pieces from that. Uh, and they gave Steffi a trophy as well. They usually only give one, but I think we threatened to cut it down the middle. And they were like, no, 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 don't do that. This is she was so excited. Oh, you're not allowed to do that. I'm not allowed to sell that, believe it or not. If I sell it, they can uh, they can sue or something. I'm not that I would, but, you know. Yeah. Not well, you especially. A, a, a lot of people do, though, right? I mean, you, you see... Yep, yep. Um, if you ever watch like uh what's that the gold and silver pawn shop pawn stars from vegas yeah. there, they get a lot of like whether they be championship rings or or any of those oh yeah sure yeah like yeah like you're not you're not supposed stuff. to sell i know I some, some i'm not going to say names but i know I some pro wrestlers with the wwe who actually sold off their hall of fame ring it's yeah. like why would you do that for it's like well you need uh, five thousand dollars like i mean that's sad yeah, it is. Yeah, but I'd rather sell that. I'd rather cut off my pinky finger. Yeah. No, for the importance of it, plus you're a collector of things. I mean, that's. I, I can put the pinky finger on a necklace and I don't do sleight of hand, so I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, when you guys won, I saw the uh, the video. Steffi's reaction was gold. I mean, she was so excited, oh, yeah. jumping up yeah. and down. It was really cool. Yeah, um, and it jumped on Penn, and he's just so yeah. big, you know? It, <laughs> he's looking around like, this is happening. <laughs> Didn't expect it. We were actually told, all right, you fooled us. Here's the trophy, Vamoose. And we're just standing there in this, I'm in this state of what? I was kind of just for that 20 or 30 seconds. I was just kind of in a position where I didn't I didn't quite believe it. I didn't really realize it had happened until we went back and um and then the uh the head of production came up and said, uh, let's get photos, let's get this. And I'm going, didn't you just tell us not to tell the other magicians in the green room if we won or not? And he goes, oh, I don't care, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, the, the director. And so we took photos and everyone kind of knew. And, and it was then that I realized it. And I, uh, I remember we went back up to our, to our rooms and got changed. I was wearing that, that god-awful suit. Um, it didn't have the coat. The coat was supposed to come and it never arrived. Um, that, so that wasn't even your suit. It was my suit, but it had a coat that I, oh, okay. that I bought and it never came. Gotcha. Uh, I never ended up getting it. So it has this cool, like Dick Tracy kind of thing. And it just looked weird without the coat. Anyway, um, so I, uh, I ended up going up and changing into something more casual. And when we came back down into the casino, there was, uh, a buffet and they had a section of the buffet sec sequestered for the Fula staff and crew. It's always sequestered. And so when we went in there, everyone was kind of calling us over and it was, it became reality when that happened. And you're not allowed to tell anybody, but of course I phoned home and told my girlfriend and then I phoned, then my dad phoned me of all people. And he was like, so what happened? Did you, did you lose? So I'm like, no, one. Like, <laughs> Thanks dad. Yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty, pretty surreal. Pretty surreal moment. That's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I was going to ask if it went seamlessly, but uh, the jacket, I guess that's already something that would throw you in, in a performance. Nah, having... That's what it was. Okay. I knew the day before that the jacket wasn't coming. So I just kind of wrapped my head around okay. it. Oh, that's what it is. I, yeah, no, there was nothing that happened 
that was an issue that day. And uh, the only thing I can think of was when I went into the box, I was in a blindfold. And the, if, if you hadn't watched this, please go on uh, YouTube and turn, look at it up, uh, The Sentimentalist Fool Us. I, I went into this wind machine um, and, and the audience had drawn pictures and they dumped them in the box and I'm in there blindfolded and they hit it and they're flying all around and I'm trying to catch one. You know, I'd never actually done that before. I'd done everything else, but we had never actually rehearsed catching a piece of paper while blindfolded. And so you can see I'm kind of trying and it's, it's impossible to grab a piece of paper that's just flying around without looking and so I kind of had to grab a bunch of them and throw a bunch of them away and in hindsight I would in hindsight I would have had like a, a stick with a bit of maybe glue on the end yeah just to catch uh, something catch anything right and it would have been a little bit more transparent a lot of people thought I had one up my sleeve that I dropped down and it was the duplicate or one in my pocket that I pulled out or it was behind the mask it was a real drawing that somebody in the audience did we don't know who they were. I even think I said, whose drawing is this? And a woman yep. stood up. And, and that was one of the things that really messed them up because they knew we didn't have any plants in the audience. You're not allowed to use third parties. There's all these different rules you're not allowed to do. And uh, and that was, uh, we ticked off all those boxes. We even did a few uh, red herrings in there to kind of mess with them as well. And and they, they, they didn't they didn't get it, which is which is amazing. So I want to clarify for everybody who hasn't seen it. Um, this, the basically the trick is you have everybody in the audience draw something on a piece of paper. Anything, yeah. Those pieces of paper are all in this big box. Yeah. Steffi is on the stage. You're on the stage. Yeah. You put Steffi's high tech light blocking device on. Right. She closes With her the, eyes. I think she closes her eyes. Yes. Yeah. She closes her <laughs> eyes. <laughs> and then you get in the box. They turn the wind machine on. You put your blindfold on. You, you, they turn the wind machine on. Things are flying all over the place. You grab one. They open the box for you. You come out. And I never even it. open it. I'm just holding it. Just and holding it. And she something. I open mine, show it to the audience, and then she shows her and they match. And it was a flower. It was a flower. Yeah. So, again, how does that happen? I, I, I can't ask you to give away the It trip. happens – uh, well, I mean, it happens. Well, <laughs> it happened. Watch the video. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a funny story. We were on stage performing with, um, a show, uh, Dita Von Teese, the burlesque dancer was performing and we were one of the opening acts and there was about a thousand five hundred people in the audience and we've kind of gotten, um, smooth with telling people what not to draw, you know, but we just said, draw anything. And of course, the guy drew a, a penis. And so poor Steffi had to draw a giant penis on a board to show the audience. That was a burlesque show, so it fit the, <laughs> the agenda. But, but people have drawn everything. They've drawn the weirdest things. One guy drew a, a tray of food that he would eat in prison. Like, people <laughs> and she knows down, this. Oh my God, some of the stuff, I don't even want to say some of the stuff people have written <clears> down for us to guess. And, I'll tell you one time at the CNE, there was a guy and he said, uh, I want you to tell me what it is. I want you to tell me what it is. My God, he wrote down, I swear to my life, this is, this is a shocker. He wrote down, he had murdered his kid when he was on prescription drugs and he won the case because it was wrongly prescribed. 
And I'm like, why would you pick that for something for a mentalist to pick? Like, what? People pick yeah. fucked up shit, man. I, when I was doing the show solo, I did the blindfold bit. We blindfold my eyes. I'd put duct tape over my face and wrap my head like a mummy. And I had a tray, you know, like a silver serving tray. And I would put it on the table and I would say to people, put items on the table, come up, drop some stuff on the table. I'm going to hold my hand over it and tell you what it is. And somebody placed a loaded gun. You know, <laughs> what do you ask? somebody put, uh, I said, put something in my hand. Someone took their dentures out. Put them in my, hand. <laughs> my mother, my mother would do that. <laughs> people have handed me over the years, really wow. surreal strange things come out of people's bags. We were in Nashville. Somebody had seen us before and purposely saved the head of their trout that they had for dinner and wrapped it in a piece of cloth. And then when we were doing the bit, took out the fish head and said, we want you to identify what's in this, in this thing. And we were like, well, fish heads, roly poly fish heads. Like it's a fish head. Like who knows that? <laughs> And it was a fish head. Like, wow. I, I got, I got handed a taser. Remember that? I got handed a taser, um, that was disguised as a flashlight. So it was something that would just be on you and you wouldn't think it was a weapon. This was in the Southern States. I have one of those. Right. And the woman, <laughs> gave, me, the woman gave me this taser and I'm looking at it and I'm going, Oh, it's a flashlight. And I was going to like, turn it on and put it under my chin and be like, ah, ah, ah. And I bolted uh, myself. Like I went flying and I've been electrocuted. Like I got hit by lightning. <laughs> that's a true story. But, but, um, that's another day, but, but I've been electrocuted enough to that. I just kind of went, Whoa, that was pretty insane. And everyone's looking at me like, are you okay? You might want to go to the hospital. I'm like, nah, I'm fine. And, and I was totally okay. People give me the weirdest things, man. I need to ask how bad was the electrocution because I have that thing and I've oh, never actually would, touched it. Was it. A stunner, man! It would if 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 it would have it would take down the average person. I think if they didn't know what was coming, I didn't know what was coming, but I'm used to weird things like that in a way. Rolling with it and just kind of roll with it. Like I've been hit by a car. I've been, you know, also I've been hit by lightning. That's true. I got struck by lightning in an open parking lot. Woke up at a Tim Hortons. Didn't even remember being hit. And I was fine. Like things like that happened to me. I don't know why they just do. So I got the jolt. I felt it. I remember everyone going, oh, I kind of saw stars for a second and then just went, okay, so what is it, Steffi? And she's like, I think it's a taser. You know, like. I think the reason that, people yeah. do that is because yeah. you're talking about the loaded gun, the fish head. That's just people going, I, I, I know what's gonna fool them. I know what's gonna fool them. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in the shrunken head from my neighbor's daughter or something. Oh, I would have that in two seconds. I'd keep it. Yeah, yeah right. So, <laughs> but they, they try to they think of the weirdest thing they own, and that's what they bring because they're like nobody will ever bring a fish head wrapped in a cloth. You know. Here's what I'm gonna do. <clears throat> I'm gonna write something down on a piece of paper. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I want you to think of anything that would trip you up. Anything at all that would trip you up. And uh, I want you to think of what it would be. Um, trip you up. Like if you were me, if you wanted to trip me up, I should say. Oh, okay. okay. okay so I have something written right here on this right here. I want you to tell me 
Mark, this is any your... item, any item that would trip you up. Mark, something that could trip me up. Say what it would be. Uh, I'm just gonna go with a part of something. So, like a tremolo system from a guitar. Oh, a, a, a guitar part. Yeah, like a whammy bar. Yeah, a whammy bar. Yeah. Guys, listen. I'm gonna open this up. If that says whammy bar, that is gonna blow your minds. That is gonna just take everything you've ever learned in the world and completely fuck with it. Is that right? Yeah. I'm I'm glad I'm at home just in case because I gotta change the shorts. Yeah. <laughs> <On> Stand by. <laughs> oh, don't say whammy bar. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Jesus fucking Christ. No, quite the opposite, but you know, I'll take the yeah. compliment. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Now, now writing that down, did you did you know what that was? Uh well, I wrote whammy bar and then you said the trouble part of the guitar and then I thought to myself, "Well, wait a second. And then I had to remind myself what I actually wrote down. I for a moment okay. forgot what I wrote down and then I went, "Oh okay. no, that that's correct." Okay. That's correct. All right, that's cool. Pretty that's fun. Fucking whack. <laughs> Holy so, shit. so I want to I want to go off topic for a second into another area of my uh, of my interests. You mentioned a shrunken head, yeah. and I actually have a shrunken head tattooed on my neck, and I collect headhunter trophies from around the world. I actually have in that room over there twenty eight different human skulls from different parts of the world. Okay. I have things like a an elongated skull from Peru where they bind the head of a baby and then as the person grows, the skull stretches. Um, I have headhunter trophies, ancestor skulls that are all adorned in beads and, and, and bones and this sort of thing. The one item that I have that has defied um, any logic that I've, search for an answer to what this is. Um, I've gone to a couple of doctors to look at it. I've had DNA testing done on it. I've had it x-rayed. I have it right here. So they find these sometimes in the deserts in Peru, the Atacama Desert. There was one that was recently found and they named it Cirrus. And Robert Ripley had one of these in his collection. This is a little Atacama mummy and it's an unknown species. It stands about 10 inches tall, but the strange thing about this is it's not a baby. It has hardened adult bones. It has an extra rib, four fingers, and a skull shape and structure that is not human. It's not primate, it is an unknown. So some people have said to me, you know, you might be holding on to a gray alien. Whatever it is, it comes from the region where thousands of, for thousands of years people bound their heads to look otherworldly. And this is indeed that. And I really don't have an explanation for what this is. Robert Ripley had one of these. He called it Attaboy. It went missing in 1940 and never resurfaced even on the secondary market. One called Cirrus was found in 2005. Uh, that one's in a private collection right now in Spain. And then there's this one. There are only three known to have existed. There may be one more that was uh, taken to the Smithsonian. But this is a little Atacama mummy. It's probably one of my best pieces, if not my best. Wow. wow. 
That's it's great. awesome. I'm watching the other hosts and everybody's just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm I have trying to figure out what it is. I don't know. <laughs> can you, you can tell me what it is? If we can get some kind of uh, of an explanation to what it is, I would love to know. The DNA came back inconclusive, but you know that just means that it's old DNA. It just yeah. means that it's just damaged. But even yeah. still, it's not. It doesn't look human. It doesn't have. It has tiny little teeth. If you look into its mouth with a light, tiny, tiny little teeth. That's not normal. That wouldn't be how a, no. a human would develop. They would have no no teeth. And this one has little tiny little tongue. It's just something out of this world. I would Literally, love probably. It. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm a believer. I think that's a possibility. I, I, I I've never seen any any UFOs or anything like that. I'm not gonna talk on behalf of Steffi, but she has. She claims to me, swears to life up and down. She saw a craft over the Georgian Bay and it was just as clear as day, just hovering, and it was there for a, a long time. Um, I know people who have claimed they've seen Bigfoot. A uh, friend of mine said that a giant monster ran out into the street in outside Mount Tremblant. They were driving, they swerved to miss it, and they watched this thing just poof, fire off into the uh, into the into the woods. And it was not a bear. He said it was yeah. well over eight feet tall, just gigantic. So yeah. I, I've seen I've seen on two occasions. Uh, one, I was going across Highway 17 uh, west of Sudbury. Um, yes, and the other time I was uh, going across. Um, if you're you're obviously familiar with the area, um, Baxter Road that runs between Thornton and Baxter. Um, yes, uh, just south of Barry. Yes, um, and it was it was the same type of creature. Um, it ran across the road in front of me. And it was a biped. It was running on two two legs. It was yeah. running hella fast. That's what and, he said. It was lightning it was, fast. But it was it was only about three three and a half feet tall both times. And and it was in like I mean we're talking what are they four hours apart by car? So it probably wasn't the same creature. And right. I mean, how would I have seen it? But that and it were both of them at night. Um, and it was just weird. One of them, my wife was with me. I'm driving. I saw it, and I'm like, because it was the second one when I saw it up uh, on Highway 17 west of Sudbury. I saw it, and I, I'm like, I, that's what I saw down by Baxter. And yeah. I, and, and I'm sitting there, and I just see my wife do this. Did, did you did did you see that? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it because I was like, I didn't know she saw it, so I was just not going to say nothing. And yeah. It was just weird, but I don't know what it was. I would I love. Think it's to an oompa loompa. Yes, <laughs> it's my ex girlfriend. I, I, tell you, I. What's the joke oh, I always boy. say on TikTok? It's uh, whenever there's something hideous, I'll go, "Oh look, it's my ex wife." Um, yeah. I, I, I would love to see something that proves the existence of, yeah. you know, Bigfoot. This sort of thing. I mean, there's been so many sightings that and, and in every part of the world and for so long there has to be something to give it an explanation and if it is i don't think it's something that's um i, I think it's a, a supernatural creature i don't think it's a it's a like an animal i think it's something that is inter, maybe interdimensional at risk of sounding crazy because yeah. there would be evidence if there was another species yeah. of giant bipedal you know yeah, you would you would find they'd find layers, they'd find bodies. Anything. They, yeah. 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 And so the fact that it keeps happening in such a way that yeah. is uh is avoiding that. Hmm. It, it could be a, a species that's interdimensional. Who knows? Yeah. 
Well, I don't know about that, but I, I definitely had an alien story when I was up camping in Algonquin. I need to know this one. So my friends and I, my uh, Jim, Anthony, and I were camping. Yeah. Uh, we had just gone to a Pink Floyd concert, so you know I should I should state that. Well, hold on a second. Here you <laughs> yes. already got the problem started. I know, I know. I so here's off. the story. We leave the Pink Floyd concert uh, one o'clock in the morning. We get in my friend's truck. We drive up to Algonquin. We get in our canoe and we head out. Um, and we we make our first camp uh, campsite on a little island in the middle of nowhere. And wake up in the middle of the night to a light shining straight down from the top of the tent. Perfectly round, perfectly even, no hot spot like a flashlight would have or whatever. No sound, no helicopter, no birds. I couldn't hear anything. Um, and I freaked. It was one of those panic freakouts that you can't talk. You sure. can't speak. Yeah. Um, so I, I nudged over to Jim because I knew Anthony would be useless. So I nudged <laughs> over to Jim, woke him up, and he woke up and he saw it. And we're sitting there like, do you see this? And we're both like, yeah. And next thing you know, it's the next day. Interesting. There wasn't a point where we said, oh, okay, let's go to sleep or eh, no big deal, whatever. It was just light was there shining to the side of the tent from like the top into the side onto Jim, me and Anthony back and round. And next thing you know, it's the next day. So that's all I could say I saw. I can't say I saw aliens. Well, it's just a really weird well, thing. The one the question you need to ask is, is your asshole hurt? I mean, then you know. No, I just... <laughs> I was going to say, was it, was it hard to walk the next morning? No, or? I checked and I asked Jim if he had that a problem. That's my damn grades! <laughs> no, we, we ruled that part out. Uh, right. I don't think I got the probe. And I've been waiting for like a big satellite dish to come out my butt at some point. That never happened I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, you know, and, and that's the thing, you know, you, 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 you hear about this block of time that's just gone. Yep. Yep. It's just the next day. That's the craziest thing to me is, and I turned to Jim the next day. I said, do you remember that last night? He did too. Like we both remember the whole. And you didn't have anything weird rashes or. I mean, actually, now that you mention it, it was right after that, that I started getting psoriasis. <clears throat> what? It was literally right after that. I was 21 when I started getting psoriasis, and that's when this all happened. Me too. We're alien. Maybe it's right after I bought the alien. No. There you go. Uh, <laughs> alien psoriasis. Yeah. reaction to the KY they use. You know. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I, was, I, was just, I was just about to say, that sounds like some wild peyote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Or it's an intergalactic, intergalactic conspiracy uh, theory with Procter and Gamble to sell psoriasis creams. I mean, exactly. It, you yeah. never know these days. I'm telling you. I find, have a find everybody with psoriasis that once been abducted. You know. Yeah, maybe there's a link. I have a friend, a very trusted friend, who doesn't make up things. Um, actually, doesn't tolerate. You know, the paranormal in any way. Who claims that they woke up. And, and saw a full gray alien just standing in their room looking at them and said that the one detail they remember is the, the eyes were almost insect-like as the eyes were moving in a weird way because they were not necessarily smooth. They were very um, uh, patterned in a way like a fly would have yeah. and kind of would notice this, this movement and just kind of looked at this creature, knew the creature was female and then just sort of lulled back into sleep, but remembers it clear, said that they were fully awake and that it was not a hallucination. I said, okay. I said, I believe you. Yeah. Well, again, I have to believe stuff like that because I had my story and it's exactly yeah. as I explained it. And it's etched in my memory because that's what adrenaline does. Right. Yeah. So yeah. 
what I remember is exactly as, and it hasn't changed over time. I mean, I could, I could remember it vividly to this day. So it was definitely a weird occurrence. I don't know what, but yeah. Ah, this is good. Bringing this stuff up again. It's cool. It's fun. Yeah. You know, I, I always love a good, uh, a good, um, gaff, like something where you go into a sideshow and they have, you know, the area 51, there was at the CNE back in the day, they had the alien autopsy that you would walk in and there'd be a guy cutting open a rubber alien, yeah. you know, it's just so cool. You know, <laughs> where else are you going to get that except for a, for a fair, right? And right. sort of lost, it's a lost art. People aren't really doing it anymore the way that they did back. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, they had real living people that had disabilities on display not that i'm going to condone that but believe it or not a lot of the people that were working that fair circuit were doing it by choice and they were making enormous money enormous and in the 30s to the 50s and the 60s it kind of died out in the 60s the the states they would they, they put a ban to it they took all these people put them in Gibtown, gave them a monthly amount of money and they're all living in trailers they're going from living in you know, really nice hotels and eating well and making a, like at the time, what a doctor would be making, just sitting around and then to to being on uh, on assistance. So now you'll find a lot of people are back doing it again by choice and working the circuit. And I have a friend who has ectrodictalic hands and calls themselves uh, the lobster boy, this sort of thing. And we have all sorts of different performers that have different uh, as I like to call them, human marvels. And then, of course, people who could do things like swallow swords and that kind of thing. Um, but nothing is as cool as the story of P.T. Barnum's Fiji Mermaid, which made him a household name in America. He fooled the entire country with basically a monkey sewn to a fish. And he exhibited this in New York, charged a quarter, which at the time was a day's pay, and made a fucking fortune on this thing. And, you know, it ended up getting destroyed in a fire that was at his uh, Museum of American, uh, Museum of of Curiosities. Uh, So no one knows uh, where it went. There's no photographs of it, but there are sketches of this thing and it's this ghastly thing. And so I actually acquired a mermaid, which is not Barnum's, but it is from the time. And this is a beautiful example of what a sideshow mermaid would look like if you were to pay your quarter and go in and see it. I mean, that oh, is just amazing. Wow. Look at that. Wow. I like its face. It's just, just gruesome, right? But, you know, you'd have these giant banners outside the tent displaying a pretty mermaid sitting on rocks, and then you would go in, and this would be under the light. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! There's Ariel. No, Ariel. <laughs> yeah, people complain about remaking those movies with a different colored skin. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, it's the only new. Yeah. yeah, but uh, I mean, it's just such a fun sort of uh, part of um, Americana and 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 pop culture, and exhibiting weird things goes back to the beginning of time. I mean. It, it's something that, you know, even in Roman and uh, uh, Greek mythology, things like the Cyclops, that's a real condition when there's uh, too much SHH protein in a, in a, in a uh, mother's diet. A uh, pig, for example, would eat too many blue corn lilies. They birth a cycloptic baby. And this is when the orbital bones don't separate, you know. And 
what do you see? You see the strange thing. It becomes a, a harbinger of an, or an omen that th something bad's going to happen. Maybe a bad harvest. Um, or you create it into something even bigger. Maybe you offer it, you know, something to, to, to keep the bad luck away. Um, when it's just a, a genetic, um, fuck up. To me, that's awesome, you know, and I actually, it's in the other room. I can't really bring it in because it's in this giant jar, but I have a full pig that has cyclopia and it's got its tongue hanging out. I can only imagine 2,500 years ago, a farmer having this birthed on his farm and just the, you yeah, know, the horror the terror that it would, yeah. that it would create. And, and it probably would have been, uh, um, dispatched and disposed of very quietly it so would have what nobody, it would have been dispatched uh but they would have killed it and and disposed of the body oh. really quietly so that nobody knew it was there because to your point it would have been a bad omen right you know yeah you would have want to cover it up if you look at certain parts of the world if you look at uh rural areas in india for example uh recently there was a child born with a parasitic twin attached to them uh so they essentially were born with extra limbs and all of a sudden it's a deity and people are bringing the family money and offerings and food. And, you know, of course we want to be uh, humane and give this poor child the surgery that they need to have this part removed. The family are going, no, 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 don't do that. You know, then we do, then we don't have these, these benefits anymore. And, yeah. and it, it's still to this day. I mean, it's still something that people um, practice in, 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 in an, in an, uh, what's the word I'm almost looking for? A, it's almost surreal when you think about it and go, yeah. wow, yeah. this is still relevant in, in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's an interesting way to look People at it. People like weird. They like odd. Um, but to, to your point, like with the alien autopsy, um, that wouldn't fly today because people would just like, it's that's too obviously fake. Yeah. Um, it, it needs to be a really good fake. No, yeah, like it needs to be a, a, a really good uh, like with with like wet latex and you know it can't just be like a rubber suit the internal open. Well, what days. we have now the 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 ten in one or the freak show now is is YouTube. If you really think yeah. about it, <clears throat> yeah, you could find the weirdest things on YouTube or conspiracy theories or evidence about whatever thing you want to come up with, and it's all online. That's what people yeah. are looking at to find that. What I provide, right? I, I do it in a very tactile way. You know, I'll walk up to you in the street and make you believe someone's grabbing your arm when there's nobody touching you. You know, and you're freaking out and your friends are filming it and they're, they don't believe what's going on. I do stuff like that all the time because as a society and as a culture, we've lost that sense of mystery and magic and sort of allowing yourself to not be embarrassed to like the, un the unknown or mm -hmm. to feel like a lot of people say, Oh, you're trying to fool me or you're making me look stupid. I'm not mm -hmm. trying to make anyone look stupid. I'm just showing you something really awesome. Like you watch a TV show and someone's flying. You're not sitting there going, Oh, this show is trying to make me look stupid. That guy can't really fly. Right. I'm doing it in a tactile real world way. So yeah. who are your favorite magician mentalist? people that you would uh, you'd think of as the people everybody should really pay attention to? Well, there are people who are really relevant in the industry. Most of them are no longer with us. One just passed away. Oh boy, when? Two months ago, maybe? Max Maven 
world famous mentalist, wonderful guy. I knew him a bit. I, we chatted a few times and he'd come to our show a few times. He really enjoyed what we did. Uh, but I, I, uh, was really um, fascinated by him. I watched him on TV on a couple magic specials in the 90s, and he had this sort of Metastopheles sort of thing going on with the black suit. Kind of looked like me, but a little bit more extreme and his whole um, presence. And uh, his stuff is just dynamite because his presentation is where it's at. It's just dark and tongue-in-cheek and, and, and just mind-boggling stuff. There's, of course... Um, if you look back to the 50s, there's a duo called the the, uh, the Piddingtons. They were from Australia, New Zealand, I believe. And they did a lot of stuff on BBC. And they were really, really good. One would go in a plane and the other one would be at the radio center and they would be in communication on this, you know, old school sort of method and one would you know be sitting up in the plane and the other one would have someone write something down and then the woman up in the plane would recite what was on the piece of paper i mean that's just so damn awesome <clears throat> we we did the same type of thing at Nui blanche a number of years ago at nathan phillips square with hendrix gin and it was steffi went up in a balloon over the city and the mayor and a whole bunch of people were writing things and she was shouting down with a, a ball horn what was on the paper and it was accurate and it actually won the um Nui blanche uh like the activation of the event award like for the best activation awesome but it, we ripped off the Piddingtons. But, you know, it, it, it's just so cool. We had to do it because the impact it had was just so amazing. And I used to watch this. And like, you all remember, you're young. It's can't just instantly access this stuff. But I used to watch magic shows that were on on uh, late night. There would be Paul Daniels or Doug Henning, Mason mm -hmm. Kreskin, those guys. There was um, Mark Wilson's World of Magic. There was... Uh, all kinds of different shows. And I used to tape them. And if I knew somebody had a, a video of a magic show, I would, I would buy it or, or somehow acquire it. And a lot of these older acts, I really generally, I generally prefer because they're not using electronics. They're not using modern things like cell phones. They're using chalkboards and a piece of gauze and they're wrapping their head in gauze and then duplicating something you drew. If you really had a superpower, you wouldn't need gadgets and gimmicks and all sorts of nonsense. You would use a piece of chalk and a board and that's it. You know, you don't need to, you would use a book, you know, how more organic is that? Like it's, it's just a book of movies. Name a couple movies, guys. Name a couple movies. All right. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> any movie. Any movie. Any movie. Couple Harvey. Movie. Huh? Harvey. What's Harvey? It's an old, <laughs> it's an old classic movie. Okay. How about a movie people would know? <laughs> uh, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park's a good movie. Um, this century's hundred classic films. I wanted to see if Jurassic Park is even in here. Did it make the cut? It did not make the cut. I don't think it made the cut. Star Trek, the motion picture, Duck Soup, Wizard of Oz, Jaws, they're all in here. Um, name another couple movies. Name like uh, two more movies, any two. <clears throat> oh my goodness. Ooh, I got one. Say one. Go. The Phantom Menace. 
Say stop on any page. Stop. Are you sure? I, I don't know. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Holy shit. And it's even that the right is, one. That is fucked up. <laughs> We're just too easy. We're all just a bunch hey. of marks. That's the problem. Oh, my God. Yeah. Harvey. Hey, it's a solid name. I got to be honest with you. Um, I got to be straight up. You mentioned uh, Harvey. Yeah. Now, what is Harvey? What's it about? Uh, Jimmy Stewart is in it. And, okay. Uh, He's a member of the about... Magic Castle. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> interesting. Um, Stewart, so yeah. It's about a guy who imagines that he has a giant rabbit friend that like walks around with him it's very Something it's like he has... <laughs> <laughs> it's a very weird and obscure movie so when you asked a movie that that was like one of the first things that came to mind it's good it's very no, well I gotta, tell you, I gotta tell you something really weird okay. i noticed when i was flipping through the book a moment ago that there's a bookmark in here i'm just gonna find that bookmark I found it in here. It was in here. I'm about making that up. I know it was in here. Let me see if I can find it. Ah, there it is. It's a bookmark in here. And um, it actually it said Harvey on it, which is kind of a weird <laughs> <laughs> No explanation to why I even have that written on a, on a bookmark in my book of movies. It must be one that I intended to watch but never did. That's that's fucking wild. <laughs> oh my god! You know, <laughs> I got nothing. Okay, <laughs> that is crazy. That's man. fun. Okay. Thank you for that. I'm, I'm actually, I, I'm amazed that I'm even amazed that Phantom Menace showed up in the hundred greatest movies. <laughs> That's a whole different thing. I think it's top grossing, something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. I got oh, this man. years ago. I got this book years ago because it's something that everyone can relate to and then I can yeah. do something like this for you and it's not on a phone or uh you know it's it's just a book yeah. of movies you know like right it's tangible it's tangible it's you throw it out to the audience have someone look at it what what it you know it's it's perfect for what what we do absolutely in my opinion I think things need to be organic so I was in LA um <coughs> a couple of weeks back and Oh my gosh, it must have been two years ago. I filmed a TV show called Repossessed. And it's a show where people who have haunted items bring the haunted item onto the show. Their team of experts research the item. They do a whole spirit reading with all these tools and they kind of get a feeling of what is either haunting the item or if it's benevolent or malevolent, whatever the case might be. And then they offer to remove the spirit from the item. Now, years ago, I was sold a doll that was on That's Incredible, that old show. And it went through the hands of different people. This doll goes back to the 30s and the doll's name's Walter. I own the doll. He's actually right there. You can see him behind me sitting on the chair. Mm. Look at him. 
And uh, so what they did was they did a binding ritual on him. So he didn't start any fires because he was known for starting fires. And then they even uh, stamped him with a little stamp that says repossessed. But I told them not to remove the spirit. In fact, the binding just fell off. I should find that because I don't want to have a fire. But, but this guy, he's caused all sorts of different trouble um, over the years with uh, different past owners. And two of them have actually died in house fires. And this is documented truth. And I'm the owner of this doll. And this is one of my strangest uh, artifacts. But he doesn't cause me any grief. He never did. We just did this for the show. Um, but, but yeah, there's the Walt doll. So if you look into his eyes, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to remove solo layout there. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> right? right. Time, time to go. <laughs> I love this guy. This guy's one of my favorite. And I'll often hide him um, on a stage, like behind something. And I'll say to someone, you know, go, go get what's back there. And they'll go back. And then they're coming back. They're like, no, nah, I'm not picking that up. Those are creepy. Doll, right? It's just a doll, and uh, and we do that. And do people yeah. come to this place? Do people? Do you have a museum where people come to? And my home is open to anybody. If they call me, I'm always open uh, to to come in and enjoy the museum. Uh, the museum that's over there is just literally hundreds of artifacts. Uh, if you name something, I probably own one. Um, in the world of the supernatural, it's guaranteed. I probably have one. Um, of whatever it is you might have to find that piece of string afterwards but um like name something name something that you might find in a freak show or or, or a museum of oddities wow it's been a while since i've been to one any <laughs> uh what would you find i don't know a six-fingered man <laughs> six-fingered polydactyl yes i have a yeah. polydactyl chicken foot um i'm gonna get someone to get that for you I'm going to show you that. So polydactyl uh, is when there's an extra finger or multi yeah. multinumerary is when you have extra, extra, extra. And it can happen in any any mammal. It doesn't happen. It only happens to mammals. Um, I have a chicken's foot that's polydactyl. And I think instead of three, it has six fingers. And where did you put it? It's on the... Let me go get it. One second. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everything's moved around now. That's fucking wild shit. <laughs> yeah. My my brain is discombobulated. <laughs> you got to see the act live. You got to it's That's so crazy. there's so much That's diversity. Crazy. Next time he comes down to town, let's when go. We were, when, we were <laughs> when we were talking about the supernatural experience. All right, so oh, he's back. I got a couple pieces to show you. Uh, this is the polydactyl chicken's foot. You can see it has extra fingers. There it is. Holy shit! Wow. All right. Now I'm gonna up this. I'm gonna I'm gonna up this. This is uh, the rarest form of Siamese twin. This is a pig. This is one body, one head, two bodies. So it has eight legs. Oh whoa! Oh, Look at crazy. that. That is the rarest for a Siamese twin. So there's two legs on the front, four on the bottom, and then two coming out its back. Holy shit. Yeah, wow. and there's 
pretty little face. Let's get, get your little face there. I'm just trying to imagine what that smells oh, yeah. like. I don't know why. Yes. <laughs> no, oh, no, no, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Was it that one or another one? It was that one. So I had that one in an Uber about two years ago, and it broke in the back of the Uber. Oh, and no. formaldehyde everywhere. I had to get that. Um, I had to scoop up whatever remaining formaldehyde I could, I, and not that it was rot. Like, I mean, you could leave it out for probably two weeks and it'd be fine, but I wanted to put it in something. So we went into the venue and I said, can I have one of your wine, uh, champagne buckets? We put it in the champagne bucket with whatever formaldehyde. Then at the end of the night, we went to give the champagne bucket back and they were like, Man, you can keep <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah. So funny. Like, like that's the worst thing that ever ended up in that champagne bottle. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I have literally over a hundred and two hundred maybe pieces. I mean, they're all over the place. I'm looking at. Oh, I got to show you something really, really cool. This is right here. So, this is a recent acquisition. <clears throat> so this is a bottle of what's called Mrs. Winslow's Soothing Syrup. Now, you can find these bottles. They're pretty common to find uh, empty and without the paper wrapping. But to find one with the syrup still inside and sealed up with paper is pretty rare. So what this is, is pre-FDA. Uh, uh, um, it's, it's, it's for like a colicky baby. Or for a baby that's teething. It's cocaine, but, isn't it? Huh? It's, it's, it's pure morphine. Yeah. Oh, holy and shit. It killed, I think it on record killed 60,000 children. Wow. So they nicknamed this the baby killer. Now here's the crazy thing. It was sold from 1845 to 1930. Holy shit. Holy wow. cow. That is 55, 65, 85 years it was on the market. Wow. Mrs. Winslow's Soothing Syrup. And then the other piece I have here is... They were different times, man. Different times. <laughs> different so, times. So that's just a baby bottle for feeding a child, right? What they would have done is they would have had a cork that went in here. And then through the cork would have been a rubber tube that went into the base of the bottle. And then you would have fed the baby milk. Now, or breast milk, or I don't think they had formula then. But this is uh, this was called also a baby killer because what would happen is you could never quite wash this bad boy out, so it would become a haven for bacteria, and then the babies would get sick and die. And baby bottles were invented, believe it or not, because of the corset. So women who had babies that then wore a corset didn't want to take the corset off, so they would lactate, put it in a bottle, and have it for the day. To feed the baby and they probably never even washed the damn bottle so the this specific type of bottle was actually killing um babies quite often there's a little thing on the back so you could wash it out i think this one might be a later one that they did so you can really give it a good clean but this is this is the style of bottle that was also a baby killer so you have children uh no i killed them all with these bottles. oh good okay <laughs> i have to make sure they work I don't I got my money's worth. No, I don't have any. <laughs> no. no, no kids. Uh, join the club. Yeah. 
Oh, shit. All right. So uh, this has been awesome. I can't thank you enough. Um, I knew we'd have a lot of great stories, and I knew there'd be a lot of great information passed. Uh, I didn't expect to uh, get a couple tricks out of it. Okay. You're going to get one more before you go. That's all four of you. Thank you. Oh, I'm excited now. (laughs) No one likes the card trick. No one likes the card trick. So I'm not going to do a card trick. I'm going to show you the cards. All right. And I'm going to turn this away so there's less glare so you can see them a little better. And what I want you all to do, each one of you, just name any card in the deck. Just say one out loud. Go. Two of diamonds. Wait, 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 wait. Two of diamonds was the first one. So there's the two of diamonds, okay? Two of diamonds. I'm up jogging the two of diamonds. That means I'm pushing it up. What's the next one? Ace of spades. Ace of spades. Are you sure? That's the most common card in a deck. Yeah. All right, next card. Uh, Eight of hearts. Eight of hearts. That's a random card. Very, very random card. Okay, eight of hearts. And finally? Uh, Ten of clubs. Ten of clubs. I like how you guys chose one from every suit. Okay, ten of clubs. (laughs) So, guys, you chose the following four cards, which I find a because guys from this pack of cards you chose the only four blue ones (laughs) (laughs) I knew I knew in advance before you even came on the show or I came on the show which four and so I replaced them from a different pack of cards (laughs) holy shit love it there you are. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. God damn. All right. That was awesome. <laughs> okay. Well, we've got a couple questions for you before we say goodbye. Sure. I, w- I wonder um, if he knows what they are before. <laughs> well, no, because luckily we, we had, we had mod pretty quickly. Like we didn't have the, uh, I couldn't send you the email. I couldn't send you the, all the questions. And oh all this yeah. And yeah, yeah. You, you got me last minute. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I usually ask if you have a challenge for our viewers and I don't know if you are, prepared with the challenge for our viewers. We try and ask our guests to give our viewers some kind of challenge that they could work on. I have a challenge. Learn a magic trick. Any any level. Go on YouTube, find a tutorial, and learn one basic or intermediate magic trick. Share it with one person in your life and make their day. If everyone watching this did, did that, it would create magic. It's just what like six people. Cool. Holy shit. All right, I will do that. I what will come up trick. with a magic trick and I will show it on our next episode. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Um, okay, so the other two questions we have are first, tools of the trade. Um, what do you use that gets you through your day to day? It could be uh, a literal thing, it could be a, a mental thing. Like, what one thing do you rely on um, when you do your work every day? Um, I rely on. It's a good question. I think um, expecting it to never be what's expected. I think I just kind of rely on the the adventure. I mean, there's no real rock that I turn to to say, oh, this is what my standard is or this is what I have to have happen in order for it to be a good day or a good show. I'm very organized, so organizational skills. But I think that, you know, when it really boils down to it, 
part of what makes my life the most exciting is that no two, no two days, no two shows are the same. No two events are the same. No two clients are the same. No two people that come up on a stage are the same. So I have to kind of realize that going into the day or into an event and that keeps me on my toes. I have to always kind of remember that I can't become uh, lazy and, and assume that people are going to go along with what I'm doing. There's a lot of people want to throw me a challenge or, you know, they'll say, no, I want Steffi in the other room or you put your head under the table, whatever it is. I have to be aware that that might and may happen. And it just happened the other night. A guy was like, no, I want you to tell me the serial number off of my bill. Like, okay. And we did it. And then he was like, no, you have a camera somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, Whatever, that's my first thing. That's awesome. But I think that, that'd be pretty much it, to know that it's never going to be the same and it's always going to be a bit of an adventure. Embrace the unexpected. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Okay, cool. Last yeah. question before we set you free yeah, on your more. evening. One more question. What's your jam? What's that one song that you cannot skip past, you absolutely oh, love, gets you in a great God. mood anytime you hear it? I'm going to embarrass myself with this one. Well, it could be one of two songs. They're both equally of embarrassing. <laughs> um, okay, so, hmm. Honestly, The Spy Who Loved Me by Carly Simon. There you go. I said it. There you go. Uh, second one could be a song called Magic by Pilot because it has some... Um, uh, nostalgic, uh, uh, personal things that are around that song. But yeah, probably the Carly Simon song. I think that's the, well, that and I Love Paris by Paul Anka, I think is the greatest song ever written, but. Awesome. Ask me, what do I know? No, that's, <laughs> that's perfect, man. Thank you well, so the much. Screaming Jay Hawkins version is pretty good too, so. <laughs> I would imagine it would be. I'm gonna see. That's why we do this question because then we can look up good tunes and hear yeah. some stuff that we might not have heard before, right? Yeah, but Paul Anka's version, I think, is quintessentially <clears throat> the most perfect song ever recorded. I don't know why. I just feel it. It is awesome. Yeah, awesome. Okay, guys, Sean, Mark, Aurora, have you got anything you would like to say? Ask anything before we say goodbye. Um, I. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Like you no problem. blew my mind, put it in the back of the, the room there. Like it's yeah. that's that's crazy shit, dude. Like I'm I'm so like dumbfounded by how you do all this shit. And I gotta I'm gonna get into more magic TV shows and stuff just you to, got it. to oh magic myself. for humans on Netflix. Watch magic yeah. for humans, it's so fun. Yeah, he's a fun one. Yeah. 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 All yeah. set in LA, a guy walks around and just fucks with people's heads. It's great. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's a super cool dude. I've met him at the castle a couple of times. Super nice guy. Yeah, yeah he, awesome. does some, he does some pretty cool tricks, that guy. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. yeah I, I just wanted to say thanks as well. This has been, uh, it's been a lot of, lot of fun. I appreciate your time tonight. Thank you. Aurora? Yeah. Um, thanks so much for being on. I uh, really appreciate it. I know Brian's been talking about it for a while to to have you on and I'm just so glad that you could come on and uh, your tricks were awesome and Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to mention something, Aurora, that I keep noticing. Um, yeah. Behind you on the wall, I keep seeing this strange shadow that keeps coming across. Is that a cat or. Uh, like, is your place haunted or something? Like, I keep, honestly, I keep seeing a strange shadow of I a keep, cat. No, like, look behind the, look behind the, the chair you're sitting on. Like, what is that? 
don't know. I don't know what you see. <laughs> I'm just like, what? I'm just I mean, messing with I you. I felt like that my first thought was. I'm sitting here thinking Aurora doesn't have a cat. <laughs> I had, I had a cat. Oh, my house. I had a cat. <laughs> one of my favorite things, I'll tell you the truth, one of my favorite things is I was at this huge event, the biggest names in magic, everyone's there, and I get a moment and I go to the audience and go, okay, you, some random person, I go, tell me the name of any movie in the world, whatever, Fargo. Under your seat is a Blu-ray copy of Fargo. And they go look and I go, now that would have been a hell of a trip. Stupidest <laughs> <laughs> thing, right? Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So awesome. where could people find you? Um, what's next for you? How could people keep in touch or or just learn from your awesomeness? Well, well, that is a question I don't have the answer to. I don't know what's next. We're currently going to the States and working the Magic Castle. We have events at the Mystic Museum in Burbank. This place is amazing. It's what it sounds like it is. We're doing the um, the uh, Santa Monica Magic Playhouse. We're doing an amazing uh, show at the Bob Baker Marionette Theater, and it's a monster, creepy-themed uh, evening. And an amazing magician, Chipper Lowell, is going to be on. This guy is just top tier. He was just on the cover of Genie Magazine, which is the, the big magic magazine. He was on it this month. So we're doing that. Then when I come home, we got some corporate work, probably going to be going back to the CNE, um, and just sort of playing it by ear. Right now, I mean, believe it or not, I'm busy, but it didn't bounce back yet. It, it's not like it was pre-pandemic. I was doing 300 shows a year. I'm probably wow. 80 now. But that doesn't, I mean, what I'm charging now is much, much more. So financially, it's kind of the same. But I like to get out there and do stuff. So I find myself doing things on TikTok and on social media in order to fill my days. Because if I'm not working until the 20th, I'm going to go nuts for 10 days. Yeah. You know. Um, so you can go on TikTok. It's... Uh, Mysterion Strange and Unusual. Mysterion's Strange and Unusual on TikTok. And I got like a good handful of followers. I think I'm at like 115,000 or something, which isn't bad wow. for, for me on TikTok at 48. I'm not dancing or anything. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I did. Um, and then just follow online and just kind of keep an eye out for if I'm doing anything local. We just got back from doing like the Bond Stew and Sault Ste. Marie and this sort of stuff. So we're always doing events, but... We're hired in to do them. I don't really four-wall that much anymore. Oh, there is one thing. The um, the Something Strange Oddities Market in Toronto um, and the Something... Oh, wrestling. We never touched on this. So on July 14th and 15th... 15, 16. 15 and 16. Sorry. 15 and 16. On the 15th at the Skull Store, which is a store in Toronto, they have a venue in the store and we're doing the Something Strange Sideshow Wrestling. And so there's wrestling and then freak show acts. So one guy's going to get out of a straitjacket while being continuously slammed in the ring. And then I'm wrestling a, a woman. I'm doing a, a, you know, intergendered Andy Kaufman thing. Um, then we have giant wrestlers, like real wrestlers that some of them have actually been in WWE uh, are going to be on the show. The next day, we're doing at Revival a full oddities market. There's over 40 vendors selling everything from antiques, oddities, mortuary, human skulls, animal taxidermy, you name it. And the last one we did at Revival was, I swear to God, it was so busy. I couldn't get from my booth 
to the other side of the room. It took me over 10 minutes to get to the other side of the room. That's how many people were in the place. It was just rammed. So that one's on the 15th of July. It's a ways off, but it's going to be a hoot. So Aurora, I need July 15th off because I'm going to be shooting a wrestling event of oddities. Yeah. Okay. Aurora's my boss at my full-time job. Just so that's at Skull Store. It's called One Ring Circus. Uh, and yeah. I'm bringing right. wrestling back to the carnival. That's where it started, you know. That's I love it. I really want to be a part of that. I'm just saying. Um, um, yeah. yeah, reach out to us. We'll put you on the list. Yeah, I'll put you on the list. Don't worry. Appreciate it. Cool. My wife and I are going to be there. Run. All right. So. Thank you. You're thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time. I know uh, we, we maybe we'll get you on in the following week, but you're going to be out of the country I'm and gone. Yeah. you fit us in and I can't thank you enough. I appreciate um, you having me and I'm glad this worked out. It really did. It really, really did. Aurora, Sean, Mark, thank you as always. And for everybody who's watched us this week and every other week, we can't thank you enough. Keep on watching because we're always doing new shows every week, every Monday night, airing at 6 o'clock on YouTube and, of course, on Spotify and all over the place for audio, too. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you all next week. See you in my favorite place, the future. <laughs> That's how you sign off, buddy. Ooh.